morning, Creekside. And Happy New Year. Honestly, it's kind of crazy that tomorrow is 2024. It, that is crazy, right? I felt like 2023 just started. And yet here we are on the very last day of 2023, headed into 2024. And I feel like at the end of the year, it's a perfect time to take a moment to reflect and anticipate. Reflect on the last year. Think about all the joys, the hardship, the fun, the difficulties, and all the in-between. We should be asking ourselves fun questions like, where did I travel? What did I learn? What big milestones happened? What goals did I accomplish? And we should also be asking ourselves some difficult questions. What was something I faced? What's something that I continue to face and I don't know what to do with? And then we should be asking ourselves the most important question. How did I grow closer to Jesus? Over the last year, did I become more like Jesus or was I chasing something else? These are all questions to ask ourselves and reflect on at the end of a year, but it also helps us anticipate the year to come. Anticipate what will happen and who we want to become as we start a new year. Now, last year around this time, I stood up here and I told you all a list of goals that I wanted to accomplish. And for those of you who I haven't met yet, my name is Nathan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Creekside. And I want to uh, say right now, I did not accomplish all my goals that I stood up here and said that I was hoping to do. So there you go, now you know. Uh, but that's pretty normal for people setting out to accomplish goals, maybe not reaching them. But I do want to start the sermon this morning telling you about one of the goals that I did accomplish for two reasons. The first one is it fits with the sermon. I promise it fits with where we're going, with the text that we're looking at. And then the other one is because during this run, I felt every emotion known to humankind, one of my bosses told me this uh, when it came to just running in general. You will see every emotion on display. Last year, I stood up here and told you all that I wanted to run a 30-mile run. So this morning, I want to start this time by telling you about the difficult, the joyous, the hilarious, and the hard times during this run. If you look at this slide, you will see on the left... A Nathan that's super excited, that's only ran 11 miles, that's like, yeah, we're going to crush it. Then if you look at the photo on the right, that is after the run, just simply trying to walk downhill. If you look at my face, my face says, I'm done with this, I need to lay down, I need to just stop walking, period. The truth is, my body was wrecked after this run. But when my buddy and I decided to do this, and when we started it, we were super confident, super confident. We started out running, and we were like, what do you want to talk about during this run? We talked about, like, past birthdays, just different things going on in our lives. We started it out way too fast, and we could not keep our pace. 
And I'm not going to share about his struggles during the run. I'm only going to share about my struggles during this run. And at about mile 18 to 20, I hit this wall that was unlike any wall I have ever hit, which is crazy because a couple weeks before this, in training for this, I ran 24 miles. So at this point during our run, my legs, specifically my knees down, just were screaming at me. It was hurting so bad that I felt like if I kept running, I was going to destroy my body and I would never walk again. This is literally a thought that I had while running. But luckily, I had a friend with me who said, we need to keep going. We had to keep going. Now, we hit another wall, both of us, at mile 27, and we decided to walk a little bit. And we were like, listen, only three more miles. Like, we can push it. We can get this done. Let's go. So we ended up pushing through that wall and running a little bit, not faster, but running, anticipating the end. And then my watch beeped and said, mile 29 was done, and I was heading to mile 30. And all of a sudden, it was like this renewed energy came over me, and I just started going. I was like, the end is in mind. I can finish this so quickly. Let's go. Let's get it done. And we finished the run, and to my surprise, I did not collapse right then and there. But I want to share this with you, because as we start a new year, you will hear a lot of sayings, like, new year, new me. And I don't think we truly understand what it takes to transform into a new person. I don't think we understand how much time it truly takes. I looked on Google for a training plan to run this 30-mile run, and it took me four months with this training plan to pray for, or to to prep, well, I prayed during it for sure, uh, for the 30-mile run. But it started with low mileage and led to more mileage and more mileage and more, slowly building up my legs, and it was change over time, not all at once. In fact, even before I started the four-month training plan, I had to train to get ready for training. So about two months before I was like, I'm going to start the training plan, I started running. So overall, it took six months to prep and prepare myself for this. I learned that during that season of wanting to do this goal, I had to lay down different things that I was hoping to do. Other goals that I had for the year, I had to lay aside. I had to lay aside sleep to figure this out, to keep pushing, to keep going. But I had a vision and a focus on a goal. As we head into the new year, we should be asking ourselves, who is it that we want to be? And no matter what you pick, it will take time. Now, I hope and pray that your goals or habits and the changes that you want to see this year are about Jesus. I hope that your goals and lifestyles want to mimic and mirror the life of Jesus. Because I believe as followers of Jesus, we are meant to live the way Jesus lived. We must realize that if we want to be a new person, it only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if your goal doesn't ultimately lead you to be more like Jesus, then why are you doing it? Because trust me, goals like this lead to pain and a little bit of fun. But what are we really focusing on this year? 
Creekside, who is it that we really want to be as we head into this new year? Will we choose to focus on Jesus? Will we choose to develop prayer lives that are throughout the day? Will we worship as if nobody is here and it's just us sitting before the God of the universe? Will we take time to learn about what God is doing in our own community and the communities around the world? Will we take time to focus on Jesus this year? Will we take time to seek the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit wants us to be? To help us understand the importance of focusing on knowing and gaining Christ, let's open our Bibles to Philippians 3. We're going to be looking at verses 7 through 14. Once again, Philippians 3. And as you turn there, I want to give you a little hint about why we should look at these verses at the beginning of the year or as we're anticipating change in our lives. In these verses, we see Paul, the author, speak to how nothing compares to knowing and gaining Christ. And as we start the new year, let's take a moment to recenter ourselves and remind ourselves that Jesus really should be our ultimate goal. Our very essence is transformed by him as we focus on him. So let's look at what Paul has to say. Philippians 3, 7 through 14. But whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, as we jump into these scriptures, I pray that these words would be true for us today. That anything we are pursuing, anything in this life that we will think will add value or gain, that we would see it as rubbish compared to gaining and knowing Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would look at Paul's life as an example and we would really see that, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And through you, we find life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if we look at these verses, we will see that Paul really does think that nothing else matters except for gaining Christ. To Paul, this meant giving up everything that was behind him and focusing on what was in front of him. 
He counted everything as rubbish for the sake of knowing Christ. And this is very powerful because Paul, before he became a follower of Jesus, had prestige. He had wealth. He had everything in the eyes of a Jewish culture that was important. Paul's job was to hunt and kill Christians. Paul's job was to hunt and kill followers of Jesus. Now, Paul's story alone can preach to someone here today. You might feel like you are too far gone or that Jesus would never love you because of the things you have done, are doing, or are going to do. But the scriptures are very clear that while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. And the beautiful part is he didn't stay dead. No, instead he rose from the dead to show us that sin, shame, guilt, and death do not have the final say. And through Jesus, we now have a pathway to the God of the universe. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And to gain Christ is to gain life and wholeness. Paul is expressing that here in these verses. In verses 7 through 11, Paul wants to show that we should be willing to lay everything aside for the sake of knowing Jesus. Verse 8 says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Creekside, this year, will we be willing to focus on knowing Christ? Will we be willing to lay everything aside that we think is important and instead focus on knowing Jesus Christ? The word know in the Bible is a very intimate word. It is a verb that indicates the most intimate knowledge of another person. For Paul to know Christ meant to know Christ in such a way that we were united to him. It's not about religious law or rules. No, instead to Paul, it was about a relationship with the creator of the universe. As William Barclay puts it, he says, Paul is saying, I found the law and all its ways of no more use than the fuse thrown on the garbage heap. So I gave up trying to create a goodness of my own, and I came to God in humble faith as Jesus told me to do, and I found that fellowship I had so sought for so long. Paul was after a genuine relationship with Jesus, which is why, according to Paul, he says everything is rubbish if it does not lead to knowing Christ more. It's not about the law. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship that is genuine with the creator of the universe. Paul, before he followed Jesus, was someone that followed the law. He killed those that didn't. Paul gained worldly honor, praise, and wealth, and yet Paul here recognizes that all of it meant nothing. Nothing. It was all rubbish compared to knowing Christ. The word rubbish here refers to excrement, or for you kids in here, it refers to poop. I heard some adults laugh there. Paul is saying... That gaining wealth, status, and fame is worthless. It will all fade away. None of it will stay here. 
Verse 8 calls it poop. All of it is worthless compared to knowing who Jesus is. Paul wants us to understand that we don't gain Christ through our own righteousness or by our perfection or by anything we do. Righteousness is not given to us by doing anything. It comes to us because Jesus has made us his own. This is a great act of grace that we truly do not deserve. Because if we look at anybody's life in here, including my own, I would not mark it by righteousness. But instead, Jesus gives us a gift that we don't deserve. And too often we as Christians believe that we have to earn it, that we have to earn the grace of Jesus, and that's not true. Look at verse 9. It says, And being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. You can't earn righteousness. The grace, love, and truth of God is given to you because of your faith, not any of your actions. We therefore must seek to know Christ, know him intimately and in a way that we see him so deeply that we understand his sufferings, but we also recognize that through Jesus we experience grace and truth. Knowing Christ intimately means that we look at his resurrection as something he did for us and to us. The word resurrection means to come back to life after death. Or put another way, it means putting to death something so something else can take its place, something else can live. And as we lay down our old way of life, as we lay down the things that are rubbish, we begin to cling to the thing that gives us life. We begin to see that Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is creating something new in us. And this is only one part of the resurrection that Paul is talking about here. But when we accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to transform us from the inside out. We begin to recognize that our old ways of life were exactly about that, us, It was about building our own image. It was about building who we could be instead of recognizing that God made us in his image. Not our image, his image. The process of seeing ourselves the way God sees us takes time. We do not change overnight, but the Holy Spirit is working in you. He is at work in your life, but will we listen to him? Will we take time to focus on him? Will we begin a journey of seeking Jesus above all else? Because as we focus on Jesus, we learn that we are actually gaining Jesus. As verses 12 through 14 show us, the journey is not easy towards gaining Christ, but we must press on. Paul himself starts verse 12 by letting us recognize that he himself is not perfect. He wants us to understand that this is not a quest on perfection. You will fail on that over and over again. No, instead, it's about pressing on, trying to live the way Jesus lived. We must continue towards Christ, recognizing that the God of the universe has made us his own. The analogy here that Paul is using is one of an athlete. 
I told you running was going to relate. It's much like running a race. You have to press forward. You have to focus on the end goal. When that mile 29 came up on my watch, I recognized that the end was in sight and I could press on. I could push forward. I could finish it. I like this analogy a lot because of what Paul is saying here, but I also like the analogy because as I shared earlier, I had to train to get ready for that run. If we're going to press on towards Christ, towards the upward call of God, we have to set up rhythms in our lives that prepares us for that. We have to make moments where we sit with God and allow him to transform us. And that takes time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And too often in our Christian life, we think that it's all about progressing towards this goal, that everything sunshine and roses once we accept Jesus. But that's not true. Sometimes you feel like you're growing in your faith. Sometimes it's stagnant. Sometimes you're wondering, God, where are you? Sometimes something pulls you down and you feel like God has abandoned you, but in reality, God has not left you. He is with you and he loves you. This is why we press on. Because whether you're super close to Jesus or you're just trying to figure out who he is, we press on towards him. Not ourselves, but towards him. And I like what Paul says here about forgetting what lies behind us because we can't change our past. Too often we get so focused on our sin and shame that we don't recognize that Jesus is calling us in this moment to give him everything and sit with him. A Jesus that wants to bring us to his love, grace, and truth. A Jesus that wants us to recognize that our past can be transformed by his love and his truth as he shows us who he is even in our worst moments. It's a journey with an ultimate goal. The goal is Jesus himself. Look at verse 14. It says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If we are going to run this race, we have to fix our eyes on the ultimate goal. Because he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the light of the world who can shine light in any darkness. And if we are going to know, gain, and press on towards Jesus, we have to listen to these words of Paul. Because as Paul is showing us here, Christ is better than anything we can gain. All that we can gain in this life will fade away. Money, clothing, toys, anything else, status. It can flip in an instant and it can fade away. But knowing Christ leads us to an eternity with him. From Paul's writings, we learn that we take on a similar resurrection like Jesus did. We can choose to follow and know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior and our friend. And he will begin to transform us from the inside out. A resurrection that saves us from the death of our sin, our shame, our guilt, and our past. Instead, he leads us to life. Now, I understand that it may not be easy to give things up. Negative habits come back. Negative thought patterns will come again and again and again. But what we must understand is that we must press on. 
We have to continue towards Jesus. Give him the thought life that you have. Give him the patterns of your life that you wish you could change. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in and transform you. We must learn to forgive ourselves for the sin, shame, and guilt in our past. And we must press it towards the one that ultimately truly forgives us. The ultimate goal is not behind you, but it is here in the present right now to know and gain Jesus Christ, to live in a way where we spend time with God, where we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, and then we begin to live the way Jesus lived. This is the desire of these verses, to show us that everything in life is rubbish if we don't have Jesus. The ultimate goal of a Christian life is to know Jesus intimately and to make him known. Or as we like to say it here at Creekside, we seek to glorify God by finding life in Jesus together and inviting others to do the same. So as we head into the new year, what is it that you are seeking? Is it rubbish? Is it something that will fade away? Or are you willing to let go to press on towards the goal of knowing and gaining Jesus Christ. If you want to begin or continue the journey of knowing and gaining Christ, then I have a few recommendations for how you can press on towards this goal. Everything I'm about to mention, we've had sermons on. There are plenty of good books out there on these subjects. I'm just going to give small little breakdowns of them. If you want to know God and Jesus, spend time with them. Sit with them in prayer. Pray through scriptures. When the disciples came to Jesus and asked them, how do you pray? He gave us a beautiful prayer called the Lord's Prayer. If you don't know where to start with prayer, start there. I think too often we overcomplicate prayer, but it's a conversation. It's about talking to God and listening to God. In conversations, we must learn to listen. We must learn to listen to God. And if you want to know and gain Christ, read about him. Open your Bibles daily. I believe that the Bible is written in a way that it shows us who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, but it also shows us our need for them. And then it shows us how to live with them in our lives. There are apps called the Bible app, other apps that you can sit and go through different plans to learn more about Scripture. And if you want to learn about God and the Bible, get to know your community. Seriously, look to your left and your right. We are all made in the image of God, which means the people around you can show who God is. A couple of the ways you can get rooted in community at Creekside is to join a gospel community. Get involved with people that are coming together, sometimes to just have a meal, or it's a family focus, or to study scripture. If you're a lady, sign up for our nurture groups. Woo! If you're a man, join our 12 groups. Yeah. Or if you don't want to do that or you, you really don't have the time for that, on our website we have discipleship plans. 
Grab one of those. Go through it with somebody that's next to you. Go through it with a neighbor. You do not have to do this race alone because you're not alone. Your community is with you, and beyond that, Jesus is with you. You have a family around you that loves you. Jump into community. Other ways to grow closer to God this year are to practice the spiritual disciplines that we chatted about during the summer. Things like meditation, silence and solitude, fasting, worship, and prayer. There are so many other ways to grow closer to God and so many amazing books written on knowing and gaining Christ. But the truth is that you will not change if you are not willing to let Jesus in. Jesus is the one that changes us from the inside out. And if you really want this year to be new year, new you, it is only possible with Jesus. If you want this year to be different, then you must recognize that real change only comes from God. Take the time to grow closer to him, to sit with him, to learn his ways. Because you can only gain Christ if you are first willing to let him transform you. Creekside, let's make this year a year of focusing on knowing and gaining Christ. Lord, as we head into a time of worship, I pray that these words from Paul would sit with us. That we would not try to rush off to celebrate New Year's, but instead we would sit and go, who is it that I really want to be? Are my goals really leading me to rubbish or are they leading me to Jesus? Lord, I pray that as we sit with this idea of the resurrection of Jesus, that we would recognize that Jesus died for us, that he died for all the darkness in us, and he comes to shed light on it. Lord, I pray that we would give you the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves, knowing that you are a God that loves us, knowing that you are a God that transforms us, knowing that Jesus didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead and showed us that sin, darkness, death, they don't have the final say. Lord, I pray that this year we would begin a journey of trusting you in a way that we never have. That no matter what life circumstances are thrown at us, we would recognize that you are always with us. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen.